Welcome to the Spicy PL Podcast. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Spicy PL Podcast. This is episode 52. This is Alex, a.k.a. Big Babble, here with Big Joe Capolino. And from the other side of the world, in the morning, thank you for joining us. This is Ryuki Fujimoto. Welcome. Thanks for having me on. So um, thanks for coming on. Um, I, you know, Hopefully you listened to a couple of our podcasts, but it's okay if you haven't. But, um, you know, just so we know how we got Ryuki to come on, you actually messaged me about coming on to a podcast you do for your Patreon. Do you want to just quick before we start, shout out your own Patreon or any sponsors you have? Well, uh, uh, my Patreon is kind of like not not only, but mainly for Japanese people. Mm-hmm. Like I want to share with them the information that other people have like non-japanese people have Mm -hmm. because the problem with japanese people is they aren't that good with english so the information that they can get access to is kind of limited so so i wanted i wanted to yeah use my english skills and my knowledge of powerlifting to kind of share that yeah the japanese powerlifting team um they're pretty amazing people and i know there's Jap- in japan like powerlifting is similar to like the united states i think where like there's some amount of popularity but in the mainstream it's still not like super popular um right. so like when we traveled over there you came and you had dinner with us and we we hung out with a lot of the other um japanese lifters the ipf japanese lifters um but yeah it did seem like a lot of a lot of the stuff like a lot of the equipment it's harder to get in japan a lot of the information is a little bit more difficult to get um so like what part of japan are you in and like what uh what is like your training like your gym situation and all that stuff like so uh i i live in hokkaido which is a north island just north of mainland japan so if you're gonna come to Hokkaido from Tokyo, you gotta come by plane. So uh, yeah, and uh, I go to a gym near my near my house. It's it's a powerlifting gym, and it's great. It's great. Like my training's been great. So yeah. yeah. Is that like uh, it's basically like very wintry up there often? Like I know that there's some hot springs with like monkeys you can go to. Is that like by Hokkaido? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like that. Uh, in the winter, it's really, really cold. But but like the sad thing is, in the summer, it's it's not like it's it's hot. So, mm. but um, I think that's really cool what you're doing with the Patreon to kind of like sp- spread information, and it just makes me think of a a couple things. Like, first of all, you know, we wanted to have you on because we feel like we um. Here, I think a lot of the American single ply lifters listen to our podcast and they really want to know kind of what you're doing. Actually, when I posted that we were going to be interviewing you, um, I got a ton of questions for you. So it was great. So people are definitely interested in what you guys are doing there. And there, there definitely is probably like an information wall between Asian <laughs> lifters and lifters on, you know, in the Western hemisphere. And also, yeah. um, the lifters all around the world, to yeah. be honest, like we have a lot of listeners 
from all over. We have a lot of European lifters, a lot of the equipped lifters in the IPF, so from Europe too, oh. listen. And Canada as well. We have a lot of Canadian lifters uh, that uh, listen in. So it's great to have you. But you mentioned your English skills. And, you know, obviously we hung out with you in Tokyo when we were there two years ago. And, um, you know, people wondered why. People asked me if you spoke English and wondered why. And I had told them a little bit about you. But why don't you go ahead and tell everybody kind of like, your background and um, how, why your English is so good. Yeah, so uh, I lived in San Francisco for about three years from when I was seven to when I was 10. And then, yeah, so my English got really fluent there. And then I just kind of maintained it by watching movies, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And uh, messaging me and Blaine Sumner, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good, man. And, and listening to like everyone's podcasts and stuff. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting and I think it's great. Um, but, you know, so I was looking at your stats earlier and, you know, we talked about this for hours over beers when we were there, but you're 21 now, right? Yeah, I'm 21 right now. Awesome. So I saw that your last competition last year, you were 20 years old. And you finish with a 380 kilo bench. Mm -hmm. And so just to educate the listeners, uh, Ryuki's best bench is 380. It's super heavyweight, which is amazing. Uh, or 380 pounds. 380.5. 380.5. Uh, yeah, last forget last that. competition. Oh, I, yeah, you I chipped that. The .5. Awesome. But, you know, <laughs> um, and I think like real quickly, I just want to touch on it. Like five years ago, you did classic bench worlds. As a sub junior, yeah, and you're uh, you hit you bench two ten or four sixty two on your opener, and you okay. missed two twenty two. Um, yeah. One of the big questions that came up is like, what's your current raw bench? So I I think it's not as weak as everyone thinks. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> I hit I hit two fifty raw at my last competition. And uh, I hit 265 raw in training. So that's probably about 585 yeah. pounds. I don't think so, anybody thinks that's weak. That's I knew, how we I, knew <laughs> I, saw, I saw a video sometime in the last year that was like 255 or 260 or something. It, it was crazy. Yeah. So, no, I think that's people are just interested um, in that. We'll talk about training and stuff later. But you said you just had a competition. Yeah. And, uh, did you do 250 raw or was that just like an opener or something? Uh, yeah, I, I hit 250 raw on my second attempt and missed 260 on my third attempt. Okay. And you said something about um, when we were chatting earlier, like an equip. Did you do two? Did you do two meets or something? Yeah. So a month after my raw meet, I, I did Japanese equip nationals, mm -hmm. which, which was my main goal. Like raw was like something I I did because I could win, but uh, nationals, equip nationals was my main goal for me because uh, I went wanted to secure that 400 kilos, which I think if I had gotten it uh, would have made me the first IPF guy in uh, Asia to hit 400 kilos, if I'm correct. I think I watched that video. It was very close, right? If, if, I, if I don't. Yeah, I got I got one white light. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I, 
Yeah. Did you hit anything before 400? Yeah, so I hit 380.5. Okay, so, so yeah. So I have the 3 so I was looking at the 380 bench from uh last 2020 year, right? Nationals. Yeah, okay. So yeah. I don't have the results in front of me, but that's pretty crazy. So you got a quick PR and then tried 400. Yeah. Yeah. What's your body weight yeah, at so now? I know you're super heavyweight, but I, I think you're like a little bit lighter on the super heavyweight side, right? Yeah, I'm right now I'm like 140, which which I really want to go up more, but it's it's not really my my, my weight. I've been trying to increase my weight my whole life, but <laughs> it, it wouldn't go above 145 really. Yeah. Yeah, you remember when you remember when you told us uh when we were hanging out that you eat like five pounds of, or like two kilos of chicken thighs a day. Yeah. Two, You're still doing two that? kilos. Well, not, not really right now. It's, it's kind of getting easier to maintain 140 kilos. That's for sure. But like, I don't know if I can increase my calorie intake that much more to be like 150 kilos. It's, it's kind of hard, you know, it's, it I takes do, time. Yeah. It's all right. Asian metabolism. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was, no, so, as you get older, though, you 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 get it heavier. Down. It yeah. slows down a little bit, but he's 21 right, years right, old. Right. You know. I know he has his whole hard. career ahead of him. Yeah. So, are you still in school, or are you working, or is powerlifting like? Do you, are you trying to make powerlifting like your source of income? Like, what what do you kind of do outside of lifting, if anything? So. uh I'm a medical student right now. That's right. And it's it's uh, six years of school in Japan, medical school. And uh, I'm in fourth grade right now. Okay. I'm in fourth year. Yeah. What kind of doctor are you trying to be? Uh, not really decided yet, but I I want to connect my you know my powerlifting knowledge to say and the medical knowledge so maybe something along the lines of some sort of sports science type yeah doctor. maybe maybe yeah cool nice yeah so obviously you know like your numbers are crazy you know obviously you know if you are you the heaviest bencher as an ipf junior ever do you have the junior world record no kevin yeager has oh, that. kevin yeager so what is that 393 <laughs> 392.5, yeah. Yeah, next time, just shoot that one down. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, you still have two years. I'm sure you'll bench over 400 uh, and yeah. take that one down. But he did do that uh, at the Arnold a few years ago, and it was actually a pretty – it was actually one of his really good-looking benches. I do remember that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he bombed like – three out of four meets, but that one day he just looked really good. Um, yeah, that's true. So, I mean, you still have two years in a junior, which is crazy. And we went over your numbers, which are really impressive. Um, and people really want to know like, you know, how your training is structured. So I would say like most of the questions were how often do you bench? And then how often do you bench in your shirt? Mm. Yeah, so uh, I I don't really train, you know, Japanese style. Like, I think you guys want me to say I bench 14 days a week. 
<laughs> every day in a shirt. No, <laughs> we, we don't want to hear. We don't want it. We already know what those guys do. We want to know what you do. Right, right, right. So I, I bench uh, about three to four times a week. And uh, I train in a shirt. Even when the, when the competition is closed, I only bench in a shirt uh, once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty similar and, to what I do. I, I don't know. I don't recover well um, in between heavy, like, equip sessions. So I usually do all my equipped work on, like, all, like every other week. Right. Like squat and bench, at two usually. So I've noticed that probably it's because of our size. We don't recover that yeah. fast. So that's interesting. Yeah. So do you bench in your shirt at like once every two weeks all year round? Or do you take long periods of time off from shirt? Yeah, I take a long time off from a shirt because every time I bench uh, in a shirt, something hurts. So yeah. <laughs> That's what happens to me. That's why I just stopped doing it. Well, that's a good yeah. that's a good segue. One of the questions was how, you know, is there any tricks you do to manage like wrist and elbow pain that comes with benching and benching 400 kilos, you know? All right. So, uh, I started training kind of conjugate style recently, which helped me because, uh, I don't have to train competition grip every time I train raw, which was a really, uh, yeah, it, it helped my joints a ton. Yeah, because like the Japanese lifters and I mean, you guys kind of really like push the limits of the grip, I feel like, with the wrist mobility, right? Yeah. So is that something you try to do? Yeah, I, I tried to do it a long time ago, but it's, I think I, you can't do that with 400 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like who who taught you who taught you how to bench? Like how have you developed your technique over the years? Um, like do you think it's some combination of things? Like where did you draw your inspiration from? Well, uh, a lot of people taught me in Japan. Plus, I like to watch YouTube and you know just really really watch it what everyone's doing especially the guys that are top class so it's it's a combination of both me learning and people teaching me mm-hmm. who why did you want to become a bench presser at such a young age yeah so at 13 years old uh i watched uh youtube videos and uh eric spoto at that time was really big uh trying to hit that 700 pounds raw. And uh, I didn't know what raw was. I didn't know what geared was, but I really thought that like a guy at that size benching, you know, massive numbers, that was really cool. So, so the day that I stepped into the gym, I, I, I had decided to become a super heavyweight, even though I was like 130 pounds that, <laughs> that's awesome i think it's i think it's funny because i really di- didn't even think about competing at any 
any class but super heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like Blaine has a similar story where he was like really, really small um, as like a teenager and he was skinny and scrawny and that's why he like drinks his meals and stuff. I was like, I was a yeah. fat kid. I was always, <laughs> I was always big. But um, so like that's interesting. I mean, Eric Spoto, that's funny that, that you know, an American uh, untested raw lifter is your inspiration because you're one of the best tested single ply lifters in the world so like what what happened when you were like someone either said get in a bench shirt or did you see a video and say i want to do that like that looks really cool yeah so uh at the time that i started which was uh 2013 2014 uh geared was still you know the i think raw was starting to get popular but you know raw bench worlds didn't exist then so if you wanted to become a world-class bencher you had to go geared so i think one part of one part of it was necessity to just you have to compete geared if you wanted to compete at worlds so that's one thing but you know it's i think well trying it i I think the day that I tried it, I got like 30 kilos out of the bench shirt instantly. And I just got hooked from there. That's awesome. So like, do you see yourself, you know, obviously, you know, I hope you compete for a long time and we get to see some huge benches. Like, do you see yourself mainly focusing on equipped and just using raw as a tool? Uh, right now, my main goal would be on the equipped side just because I'm more competitive on that side, you know, like a 400 kilo bench right now could win worlds, mm-hmm. but, but a 250 kilo raw bench wouldn't probably win worlds. So. Yeah. But at three, yeah, you know, when you're, if you're 25 years old and you're benching 300 kilos, that's, you know, that's uh, right. So Yeah. If I can bench 300 kilos raw or, you know, even two, 280 raw, maybe I'll go to raw worlds, but it's, I, I think you just bench, you yeah. just bench four, you just bench 460 equipped. 460 equipped. Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like his equipped numbers, you know, he's within reach of just completely annihilating records. I mean, and yeah. So it's right there. It's going to take a few more years for the raw. I mean, um your raw bench you've had it still progressing um i know a lot of times when people are equipped benchers a lot of times uh the the raw bench can suffer um when they're having long equipped sessions so how have you been able to kind of increase your raw bench while still maintaining your your amazing equipped uh, numbers Uh, so i i think the problem that people have is they try to get strong in gear which i think which isn't a thing i think i think what you need to do is get really strong without gear and then learn to translate that strength while wearing gear so i think it's not trying to build power while wearing the gear so i think people tend to mistake by like doing, I don't know, like 
five sets of three in the shirt, mm-hmm. which you really need to be doing is 10 singles with light weight to perfect technique, I think. Yeah, that's. I think that's good advice. I see people doing that here, and I always say it's not really a good idea. I usually just train in gear long enough for my body to get used to the loads, but never right. really do too much volume in gear. Um, people are kind of wanting, you know, you said you bench three to four times a week, and I remember you telling me in person that you don't do any lower body, like you don't squat or deadlift, right? Yeah, I don't squat or deadlift. Maybe <laughs> I'm going to get hate comments for it. <laughs> no not from us i think people just want to know kind of like you don't have to give too much detail or all your secrets for free but we like them but um people kind of want to like what's a standard week look like or maybe like do you do a lot of heavy singles raw like say like a, a week that you're not in your shirt like are you do you said you're you're uh training conjugate so maybe you're doing some close grip is that close grip heavy or is it close grip for a lot of reps um, what are your favorite bench press variations? Um, people are kind of uh, asking yeah. that. So, uh, Tuesday, I usually go in and I do two variations, which would be anything like, like close grip, close grip feet up or like close grip, but like pinky on the rings, maybe, you know, ring fingers on the rings. Mm-hmm. Cause my competition bench is, uh, maximum grip right so yeah I, I go in and do two variations and i tried to do a lot of volume for that day so no no heavy singles or anything mm-hmm. like that and uh wednesday i usually go in and i do like 10 sets of singles between 170 kilos and 220 kilos which isn't really that much for me. I just, just trying to, yeah, just trying to perfect technique. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thursday, I would go in and do one variation, trying to, trying to hit some volume there, but not not too much. And then Saturday would be my heaviest heaviest bench day. I would go in and uh, uh, hit a heavy single on a variation again. And if that day I'm going into the shirt, I, I get into the shirt and I do a max single. I think, I think the thing for me is uh, I always do max singles in the shirt, but every time I do it, I get stronger. So it's not really a max max single like i'm not trying to hit 400 kilos every time like it might be 350 kilos at that time would be a max for me but it wouldn't mm. really beat up my joints so much because it's 350 kilos yeah it's like a max at the time and you're you're kind of timing your your best performance for the competition yeah like i i really don't focus what I'm hitting outside of competition, I, I think it's a lot weaker than when I'm in competition because my body weight could be down to like 125 kilos, 275 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I would be really weak. Like my raw bench would be like three, 230. 
So a 350 kilo gear bench would be hard for me, but not so hard on my joints because I've held like 410 before. And when you get in your shirt, do you mm-hmm. always just do a standard like competition bench or do you sometimes use like boards? Yeah, no boards for me right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the, the benefit of the board is holding, you know, numbers that you can't get mm-hmm. when you touch which would be for me like 430 440 which would just annihilate my wrists and elbows so mm-hmm. i, I don't want to do that yeah. during training yeah for sure so i'm curious um so it seems like you're pretty well in tuned with the bench uh and powerlifting scene globally um in america and all over the place I'm curious if you're uh, if you follow Multiply, and if you follow uh, Jimmy Cobb and these other guys that use um, like these new shirts. Like, are you um, you follow all that stuff? Yeah, I follow it to a degree. Uh, Jimmy Cobb is is insane because he hit like 510 kilos single play. Single play. Right? Jimmy single doesn't play. use it. In a super katana. That's, that's, oh my god! That's, Do you know who um, Will Will Barati and Tony Carlino are? Yeah, the uh, band shirt guys, right? Yeah, the yeah. band shirt guys. What do you think of those yeah. shirts? Well, to be honest, I I really don't like it very much. I think it. I think I I haven't worn it, so I can't say for sure. But I think it's like. Oh, I think it's like a slingshot. Yeah. That's so what Jimmy it, said. It, Jimmy was on the podcast actually too. I'm not sure if you if you know. Yeah. But he was on this podcast and he doesn't he doesn't like it. He thinks it's like it's 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 bullshit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, I wouldn't say bullshit, but I think it I think it eliminates the technical aspects of the single ply and possibly the multiply shirts which yeah. which is like the main main thing about this game is what the i didn't like about it, what i didn't like about it is it was so thick on the chest mm-hmm. that it wasn't a full bench press once you touched yeah. you know like uh, when we touch in our shirts we still i can feel the bar touch yeah. my chest but yeah they have about a one board or more of yeah. material on top like i don't want to discredit like some of these guys like tony carlino and will Barati. they're obviously very amazing bench pressers and they have very respectable numbers in single ply as well, but it does seem like a completely different beast. And, um, like you said, there's, there's, there's yeah. a thickness to it. It's, it's different. It seems like it's more, it's, it's less forgiving. So I think their um, the pocket that they need to stay within is narrower. And so like, they really need mm-hmm. to be c- controlled and like, they're lucky if they can keep in, you know, in that pocket the whole time. That's why it's so hard to see these guys actually hit a bench press when they are handling these loads. So it's like, it's entertaining, but I think it's a completely different beast. And I respect so much more like when Jimmy Cobb has the record in single ply, you know, 
Um, I like. Yeah. I, maybe it's a little bit rough to call they, it bullshit, but so like Jimmy Cobb just did his meet where he benched like five oh eight or five oh nine, like uh, Ryuki was saying, yeah. and then yeah. these guys had a meet like the weekend after, and they all bombed. Every single yeah. one bombed out. <laughs> yeah. So, and um, talking about shirts, I mean, um, this is another thing that people want to know from you is like, what shirt do you wear? And like, do you have any secrets on how you wear it? Yeah. How tight? How do you break it in? Yeah. So I'm even in uh, the shirts. It's, I'm not really classic Japanese style where like I have a secret sewing technique or anything like that. I, I don't, I wear a custom super katana, uh, a 50 size 50 arm and a size 48 chest piece. Mm. And yes, I can touch about 370 when I'm my body weight is at 140 and I I start my training at like 130 kilos body weight so I could uh, touch 300 kilos at the start of my training and then I just try to get bigger instead of making the shirt smaller that's interesting do you use a new shirt every training cycle sorry I think I think I lost you there can you repeat yeah, do you use a new shirt every training cycle? No, no, I use the same shirt over and over again. I think it I think it kind of like fits to my body every time every time I wear it. Like it it's, it becomes perfect. Do you alter it? Do you tighten it up? No. Uh maybe when the competition is close and my body weight isn't nearly uh like what it needs to be, maybe I might do it. But if my training is going good and my nutrition is on is on point, no, I I don't hmm. I don't alter the like shirt. Like how how old is your shirt? Are you worried about it? Right now, uh, I think it's two years old right now. But the last okay. uh, the first eight hundred pound bench I hit. That was like four years, three-year-old shirt, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. A lot of people, because a lot of people that aren't super heavyweights or even super heavyweights, they stay the same weight. They start training more. Maybe they even lose a little bit of weight going into the competition, especially you know weight class lifters that don't need to uh, worry about that. And so that's interesting that you start lighter and then you grow into the shirt so the gear becomes tighter so you can handle more weight and you – kind of use that as a progression in your training cycle. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I've I, heard of that. I think it, w- one thing for me is uh, it's really hard maintaining uh, such a high body weight. And, uh, you know, I really like drinking, drinking alcohol. And uh, <laughs> us too. that, yeah, yeah that makes water. me lose body weight. So in the off season, like, which i'm in right now uh i really like going out and drinking and my body weight goes down what and because you get hungover over and you're not eating enough the next day or like how come yeah that's that's the main thing like like i go all out so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you gotta you gotta stay hydrated 
You gotta stay hydrated <laughs> and eat the next day. Yeah. Dude, right, I've right, some, right. Like I've hit some of my best benches after a night of drinking because I think it's the carbs <laughs> or something. It's the carbohydrates. Uh, maybe. Yeah, it's the next day that's killing you. You gotta you gotta make sure you're you're eating enough the next day. Yeah. So so last nationals I didn't drink for ten weeks before the competition. Just because I really wanted to hit that four hundred kilos. That's awesome. So yeah, I, so that that made what, me increase my body weight a lot. What's your drink of choice? What do you like to drink? Beer. Yeah. Beer and what uh, beer? beer and. Uh, Isn't there a beer Hokkaido? Isn't that a beer? Sapporo beer. Sapporo. Sapporo. It, oh, Sapporo. It's in yeah. from Hokkaido, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. The city I live in, in is Sapporo. Yeah, I like, I really like Sapporo beer. Me too. Yeah, we drink uh, a lot of it. We yeah, you Sapporo. guys gotta come back. <laughs> we'll be back soon. We will. Have you have you been to America recently, or I know you like you you had some years here, but when's the last time yeah. you're here? It's it's been a long time since I was in the mainland. Uh, the last time I was in America was Hawaii, which was like four years ago, even then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to go back to. Well, you got to get to the East Coast eventually. Yeah. Yeah. We'll train a little bit and we'll drink a lot of beer. But um, <laughs> I, we do have more questions on the shirts. Um, people here are really interested in the uh, Bukaya. Is that how you say it? Bukaya shirt? Or Oni? Bukia. Biku, bu, Bukia. Bukia, yeah. People are really interested in that because there were a Bukia, few people yeah. that bought um, some and, you know, like Kevin can message me if I've tried it and uh, people were using it at Bench Nationals. Yeah, I know Luis threw one on when we when we were training at TXP and our friend oh, yeah. Austin. Austin Brown. Yeah, our friend yeah. Austin Brown. He, uh, he wore an Inzer Bolt, one of the new Inzer Bolts at Bench Nationals and he blew it out. It exploded, and so he threw one of those shirts on for a second attempt, and he actually won. He won. He won nationals in it. So, so is there any is there any like plan or incentive for you to try a Japanese made piece of equipment, or you're just going to wear what you like, like the Titan shirt? Yeah. So uh, Titan sponsors me, so I'm gonna stick with Titan all the way, but. Uh, so I haven't tried the Bukia bench shirts, but from what I hear, I think uh, it's a lot of pop in the bottom of the shirt, but the problem with it is you, you can't lock it out. That's that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think they're you. coming out with a new shirt. So maybe that one would be a lot better. Yeah, what we've talked about is like the sizing. They only have a, they have like a few size options. It's not like Titan where you can get a really close fitting size. It's it's not numbers, right? It's yeah, like, it's like XL, small, medium, large, XL. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like really. I know when we talked, when we hung out, you said you really like your chest plate tight. That's why you wear the 48 chest. And like yeah. you know, we're similar sizes. I'm a bit taller and heavier, but uh. I wear a 52 katana, so actually not that far off from what you wear. And I'm just surprised you wear your shirt for so long because even in one training cycle, I ripped the sleeve seam on my katana. So, like, 
It's not really a question. I'm just amazed. And if tightens, you you must wear it tighter. It must be my arm might be a little thicker. I think you're bigger by a, a decent amount. Yeah, but I rip the seams because I wear my sleeves so tight. And uh, I mean, if you're sponsored by Titan, you should just get a new shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, well, I I really don't see a problem with wearing a shirt for a decent amount of time. I, I think like once you get to that three year mark, you know, the seams kind of get start start getting ripped. Yeah. And, uh, but what what's important is the is that the material material stays intact, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really don't see a problem. Like once I get bigger, I want a new shirt. But yeah, when I'm at the same body weight, it's yeah. When I, try I was to in college, like shirt. university, and doing college nationals, like I wore the same katana for two years, and I was like Ryuki. I I liked my gear, worked in, and like what. But then I got bigger. And I started wearing my gear tighter and I can't wear like, I mean, I squat suits and bench shirts. I wear so tight that I think it's a fact. I just kind of blow them out. Yeah, I think it's a factor of how tight you wear. Yeah. I'm a real whore. (laughs) You know, you know, you know what a gear whore is, right? (laughs) What gear whore? Yeah. You know what a gear whore is, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, He's from Japan. (laughs) Um, so like I think it was really great that you shared like uh a lot about your training. Um one of our listeners wanted to know like if you do any accessory work and like what your favorite accessories are, especially for the triceps. Right. So uh yeah, I do a lot of accessories. Uh you could say that my training is mainly accessories. So the philosophy that I go with is I try to get strong and with, you know, I, I don't try to get strong by training bench. If you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I tried to get strong with, you know, close grips and stuff, which, which has a longer range of motion than my normal bench. And I try to translate that into you know, my competition style bench. It's, it's kind of similar on the philosophy of geared versus raw. Like like what I said earlier, I try to get strong raw. Yeah, so... You're trying to do more work. Maybe yeah, a, lot, a lot of people maybe avoid doing the work and do competition all the time, but it's, all, it's actually about doing the work that actually builds the muscle and the strength. Yeah, I think so. Like uh especially in japan uh everyone's range of motion is so small that it's not it's not work anymore (laughs) so yeah you got to train longer range of motion to get stronger i think yeah so do you do like just a lot of bodybuilding type exercises after your bench training yeah yeah, bodybuilding type accessories. And even on the bench movements, uh, yeah, I try to do close grip, feet up, you know, bands and chains, all, all types of stuff like that. Oh, so you do use bands and chains? Yeah. Yeah, kind of occasionally. I, yeah, I know he he, I, he mentioned conjugate. I thought it was just varying grips and stuff like that. 
Um, that's cool, man. I think that's really good information for the people who are really curious about your training. Um, somebody wanted to know if you ever tried sumo wrestling, and I hope that doesn't offend you. I think they just want to know because it's popular for it's popular in Japan. No, no, not not offended at all. And no, I've never tried sumo wrestling, but but I met some of the uh, top sumo wrestlers. And they're just huge. They're they're really big. Do they do they are they familiar with like bench press? They know how much you bench press. Were they impressed, or do they not not know? Yeah, uh, one guy knows about me. Uh, yeah, I, I I haven't met him in person. Hopefully, I will in the future. But yeah, he he was impressed. That's cool. <laughs> When you're trying to get your body weight up, because what I've heard about sumo wrestlers, they try to slow their metabolism, so they'll drink a lot of beer, and they'll eat a lot of rice, and like kind of soups and stuff. Yeah, soups. Do you eat a lot? You told right. us you eat a lot of chicken usually. Do you eat a lot of? Um, you eat a lot of rice. Yeah, I eat a lot of rice too. But yeah. uh, the the guys in sumo, they eat like two really really huge meals a day which I, I think I can't do. I just can't fit that much food in one, in one meal. So I try to, I try to, you know, eat six meals a day. I think that that's easier for my, for my body. Yeah. And like, obviously like you're like a medical student and you're training and you're a world-class athlete, like, do you uh, have trouble getting enough sleep or do you, do you, cause I know it's funny, sumo wrestlers, I know that they sleep a lot. Like, yeah. so do you, do you try to sleep a lot too? Like follow that kind of mantra? Yeah, I try to, I try to get at least seven hours of sleep in, but sometimes it's hard. Sometimes, you know, I'm just too busy to do that. But yeah, I try to, I try to sleep at least seven hours a day. I wish I wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um not not everyone can do that, right? Yeah. Because yeah. of their lifestyles. So I wanted to ask, um, who do you think first the best bench equipped and raw are of all time? And who are the best bencher raw and equipped today? Uh IPF? Sure. Let's start with IPF. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Start with IPF. Uh, geared would be Wayne Sumner. That's I think that's hands down. Just you know the heaviest bench in the IPF of all time by by a hundred pounds, right? Yeah. That's unheard of. So yeah, Blaine is gotta be at the top of my list. Uh, raw would be James Henderson. Nice. You know, heaviest heaviest bench at that time, and uh, you know he he won geared geared worlds raw, right? Yeah, that's like that's like comic book level strength. I think I think that's yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, he, yeah, you can't match that. And uh, you know, if you want to go into the lighter classes, uh. Daiki Kodama of Japan. He's, you know, he's, I think he's the most successful competitor 
in the IPF, I think. Yeah, for sure. He's won he's won uh 18 world titles. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the most uh impressive competitor in my opinion. Do you think he's the best and, Japanese powerlifter of all time or is that somebody else? Yeah, just Japanese. Yeah, in in Japan he's the most impressive, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those and, are good answers. I mean, those those yeah. you can't argue. You can't argue with those. I mean, do you know about Jason Mike? Yeah, yeah, I, I know him. Uh, he hit like two eighty five raw at like one forty kilos body weight, right? He's trying. Yeah. He's trying to be. He maxes out every day. Do you think that's smart? <laughs> Maybe. You know, I, I don't know. It works for him, right? Yeah, <laughs> it does work. It for does. Him. It does. We're we're big fans of, of J. Mike. He made me this shirt. Yeah. Wow. So we talk. Yeah. We find a way to talk about him, like every episode. Every episode. He's our boy. <laughs> He's the man. I I saw the uh, Instagram story of of the shirts that he he made yeah. for you guys. Yeah, yeah, he spelled my name wrong, so he's fixing mine. But he's got our back. Yeah, I talked. I talked him <laughs> through it. He's awesome. Maybe he can send some stuff to Japan. That would be cool. Yeah, like you. Um, yeah, like we said your name wrong, but you know, and it it's good you've corrected us. But like even Jason Mike spelled my name wrong, so you know, yeah, it's all good. Well, because we used to we used to say Ryuki. It's Ryuki. It's mm-hmm. Ryuki. But I was like, oh yeah, maybe it's because in like Street Fighter, like I always say Ryu, but. It's actually supposed to be Ryu, you just said. Yeah, we and half of my yeah. half of my American friends still call me Ryuki, so I think I think it's kind of like for me. I think it's like a alternative name, like my American name. It's sort of all right. Yeah, it's like my yeah. last name is actually pronounced Baval, but everyone <laughs> says Babel or whatever. Yeah, We've yeah. been calling him his wrong name for like fifteen years, and he it's just fine. has to deal with it. That's <laughs> fine. It's whatever sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we know where you stand in terms of your list of all-time legends. Um, so for untested, it sounds like you're pretty familiar. I mean, if Eric Lillybridge. Uh, Eric Spoto. Oh, oh, Eric Spoto. Sorry. <laughs> do you know about Eric Lillybridge? <laughs> yeah, I Sorry, do. I that do. Was, that was a... <laughs> I was going to get ahead of myself a little bit here. Yeah. With some of the uh, some of the untested guys, we have a little mm-hmm. game we like to play. With um, yep. you know, basically some of these untested guys are on these different compounds of different oils, yeah. different steroids, different stuff, and we like to play the game of like, who's who's pissing hotter? Like who's gonna fail the test worse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but ask your question first. Ask him who's the best untested bencher. Well, yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Who's the best untested bencher? I was getting excited. Uh Raw is Julius Maddox. Uh yeah. Yeah, you can't argue with that. He's hit like he's hit multiple benches over what anyone's been close to, right? He's mm-hmm. he's like ahead of He's ahead of Kirill Sarichev. By you don't like think Kirill kilos, is right? impressive because he was like 150 kilos? Uh, I think Kirill was like 180 
No, maybe, yeah, think, when he was doing it, he was like 170 something. But still, like Julius right, Maddox right. is like 210 kilos, 220. Kilos. <laughs> well, I think it's impressive, but you know, powerlifting is about who's the strongest, right? Not not who's the lightest compared to what they're lifting, right? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so like I'm really, I really don't care about like IPF points and all that stuff. I think. I think it's a way to uh, make lighter people feel competitive. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, right. yeah, yeah, the second second on my list would be Eric Spoto because he was 140 kilos, I think, about, and hitting 722 pounds, I think. Yeah. Um, and what about untested equipped? Is there anybody that comes to mind? Uh, well, Jimmy Jimmy Cobb would be. Uh, is is he tested? Like, <laughs> we don't know. He's he says he's natural, and obviously okay. we're not gonna. You know, we're friends with Jimmy, and we're not gonna sit here and say is he yeah. or or is he not. I but don't think he's ever failed a test. He says he's natural, but he just he doesn't like competing IPF because he just doesn't he. He actually told this story on the podcast how he he did USAPL bench nationals in 2008 or something. I was there with Big Mike, and uh, mm-hmm. he just got mistreated. It was a pretty and it, I I believe the story because I know the people he was talking about. They just like kind of oh. mistreated him and treated him poorly because he was like a newer lifter, and uh, he uh, just never came back to the tested competition in the U.S. because there's there's so many options here for competition, you know. Yeah. I wish he would though. I wish he would win an IPF Worlds or something. That'd be sick. Gonna, I yeah. wish he would. I hope we. W- I hope he wouldn't, <laughs> because <laughs> I can't. W- I can't win. <laughs> well, this is one of the questions I wanted to ask you is because um, you haven't done an open bench Worlds yet. You've won your junior world no. champion. Like the next yeah. time you compete, you're gonna compete as an open lifter. Yeah, I'm I'm done with junior. I'm yeah, I'm I'm gonna go for open. What about classic or raw world records as a junior? Is that not something that's in reach? Uh, it's in reach. Like the the two fifty kilos I did would be a junior world record if I had done it at a world meet. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think mm, two fifty kilos, two fifty kilo raw. Or maybe maybe even to seventy kilo raw would be impressive, but you know, a four hundred kilo equip would be much more impressive in my eyes. I so, on the prize. I mean, you could you could yeah. you could hold some world records that may not be broken for a while, but uh, pretty pretty awesome that you are focused on the equip. So yeah, I'm excited to see yeah. you in the open category. And even when you're so young, I think that's cool. Um, Wait, we want to get into who's hotter. Yeah, but I want to say that for the end. I you still have like, yeah, I still have like legitimate questions. Okay. <laughs> so, like in Japan, you know, obviously, me and Alex, uh, when we came to visit, we were there visiting Team TXP, Tokyo yeah. Extreme Power, and they were all equipped lifters, more most of them. Um, do you think that equipped is still kind of more popular in Japan um, or is raw lifting gaining popularity there as well? 
the raw is definitely more popular as of right now. Uh, but the, you know, the competitive level in gear hasn't gone down. Like, I think the number of people competing is, is getting smaller, but, you know, uh, national records are falling still. And, uh, the, the guys at top level hasn't quit. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's still, it's still, it's still, uh, it's still impressive winning equipped nationals. Are there new lifters like putting on equipment or is it still all like older lifters just continuing on? Like, do you have more lifters starting equipped gear or is it mostly starting raw? Uh, most of them are starting raw, to be honest, but there are a few lifters that are starting out geared still. I think it's part of, you know, who teaches you first, like a geared lifter teaches you first, you go geared. And, uh, if you don't have someone to teach you or a raw lifter teaches you, you go raw. Makes sense. Yeah, I kind of I also kind of noticed when we were training at TXP like um like if uh somebody was doing like a set, kind of everybody in the gym was like watching or just like paying attention to that one lifter and it was kind of like you know, the workout was long because we were all just like everybody one at a time was doing a set. Is that kind of like in your powerlifting gym, is there a group of lifters and you kind of is there like a kind of like code on lifting etiquette in Japan that maybe American lifters wouldn't know about? Uh, it's not necessarily like, it, it's not, it's not a necessity. Like you don't have to stop in the middle of a set to count for another lifter set, if you know what I mean. But mm -hmm. if like, if you're, you know, if you're just resting between sets and then someone tries to go for a PR or something you want to watch and you know cheer them on mm -hmm. yeah I just feel like here in the U.S. like a lot of people are because it raw is so popular a lot of people are training by themselves and there's like less of a team aspect or team approach to lifting so it's more individualized than ever and there's less and less teams like people will call themselves teams just because they're connected over Instagram, not because they train together and things like that. So yeah. I feel like there was more of a team atmosphere when we trained um, at TXP. Right. I th I think it's I think it's the raw that makes that made powerlifting more of a individual sport because I think if you have enough. Uh, enough genetics and you know enough work ethic you you could win raw nationals training alone right mm -hmm. but you can't win equipped nationals training alone so i think that's what made made powerlifting a more individualized sport yeah yeah, that kind of like when we had Carling Vark Christensen on, he was talking about how that's kind of like a really negative aspect of classic raw mm. is that the team kind of like gym or uh, lifting club. 
kind of idea is 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 going away and it's kind of a, it's a negative to him but it seems like at least the equip lifters in japan kind of like here you know our team we all train together usually uh we're trying to hold on to that that good time right <laughs> um so i think i think yeah. in japan the the people that are teaching powerlifting used to be gear lifters mm -hmm. so i think the next generation like the guys that are 20 right now if they start to teach you know they'll only be able to teach raw lifting so i, I think that's gonna be there's gonna the time's gonna come when like y you guys said in the u.s it's it's gonna be a more individualized sport yeah yeah it, the future for equipped is a little scary right now but i think it, maybe it's picking mm -hmm. up some steam here like we just had a really fun nationals for equipped lifting and a lot of the uh, raw lifters are actually interested and stayed to watch and that was fun um Another thing I wanted to ask you, kind of totally different topic, but I know Alex is itching to get to no, who's it's, hotter. It's is like the Olympics are going on right now in Tokyo, and um, you know you're kind of far away from that, so you're not really worried about uh, COVID cases and stuff like that, or are you? Not really. No, it's. I think it's gonna it's gonna raise COVID numbers in japan and it's gonna affect my life for a while but you know it's it is what it is so do you think that they should have canceled them or no uh you know from my eyes if bench pressing was an olympic sport i would have really wanted to do tokyo olympics so mm -hmm. i can't blame them for doing it that's a really that's a really good perspective and nice way to say it um i kind of just want to just get this because of like you know the culture differences we may have you know mm -hmm. um there's a lifter competing in the women's uh olympic weightlifting from new zealand i don't know if you've heard of this but she's actually a transgender transgender yeah yeah um you know, you don't, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to give your thoughts on it, but I kind of want to know, like in the Japanese media, like how has this been portrayed and how, how do Japanese people kind of see this? And I mean, New Zealand is a nation that, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, competes against Japan and a lot of sports like, so, yeah. you know, kind of what's been going on I mean, over there with that. I, I would expect Japan to be more of conservative, more formal, traditional culture. Yeah. But I'm curious to hear what Ryuki thinks. Um, maybe like the Japanese. You're not speaking for all Japanese people, but I mean, maybe what the sentiment is. Yeah, so uh, a lot of Japanese people, uh, Japanese media has been negative on, on the transgender person competing as a woman. And uh, I agree. I think I think uh, they need to either make a transgender division, mm -hmm. or you know, uh, it sucks for the person, but they can't compete at the Olympics. I think it's I think it's kind of a 
culture differences, especially in the United States, uh, mm -hmm. which I grew up and I felt like uh, compared to Japan, the U.S. kids are raised, you know, uh, how to how to put it? Uh, I think they're used to getting their way mm -hmm. with a lot of things like yeah. they're not used to being told no. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows, I think it like they want to do one thing. They want to do another thing and they, they won't be, they won't take no for an answer. So I, yeah, think, I think that's, that's, yeah, that's interesting. I think it, that's, yeah. It's a New Zealand lifter, but I feel like it is kind of viewed as a like a Western idea that it's okay yeah. to be transgender and compete as a woman because it is happening in like college and high school sports here more and more. And I think this example just has a lot of spotlight on it because it's it's the Olympics. Um, but yeah, you know, we don't disagree with what you're saying. The culture here is definitely different. Um, you know, when we we're in Tokyo, we were joking around like, you know, like, are we honorable? <laughs> like, we were like walking around, like trying not to be rude, trying to be quiet, but we had to laugh at ourselves because it's almost like sometimes we didn't know how. <laughs> we're, we're so loud and laughing or, or like, you know, the first time we rode the subway and we realized we had to be quiet or, you know, things like yeah. that. So there's a huge So difference. like the yeah i think the good thing about you know western culture is you know people get to be individuals like they they get to ex express their personalities and they get to be special right mm -hmm. and in japan the norm here is to blend in not to stand out like it's it's part of the culture like you want to do you want to do good you don't want to do, you know, special things. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you want to be decently good. You don't want to be, you don't want to do what people aren't doing. So to, so to say. Do you yeah, feel like, I, like your only form of expression is like bench pressing? No, I, cause I, I kind of view myself as an American. So I, I, I feel like I, don't really care about what people think of me that much. I, I just do what I think is cool. And uh, I try to make a version of me that I can like. So yeah, self, 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 uh, self, self respect is mm -hmm. what I go for. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, the, uh, so that I think I think the bad thing about Western culture is like you could do anything because you're special. That's that's what the kids think. And I think it's it's good to a degree, but like some things you can't do, some things you just gotta swallow and you know, some things you just you just have to deal with and like take no for an answer. And yeah. I think that going back to the trans transgender first i think in a society into 2021 i i think uh 
society as a whole has accepted that type of, you know, transgender, right? And mm. I think that acceptance would have to be enough. I think she she can't try to go into the Olympics, compete as a woman. And if that doesn't work out, I can't, I don't think she can be, you know, there's a certain line, there's a certain line that's being crossed. There's a difference between like tolerance and no discrimination and that sort of thing. And like kind of going a little bit. Right. Yeah. I think Across I get what you're line. saying. Like you acceptance is good. You should be able to work <clears throat> and live and enjoy your life as a transgender, but it shouldn't come at the cost of, you know, females, other female athletes or that's why I always yeah, said exactly. when this issue came up in the US, I said, I think it's great if transgender people lift in our federation, um, at local level, even up to national, but you know, maybe it's in a different division or maybe the placing is, you know, it doesn't qualify you for international events, so it doesn't take away opportunities from female lifters. Um, Like, you know, we're all for that, but this stuff's crazy. And I just want to say that I think um, your experience in San Francisco, it's one of the softest cities in the U.S., (laughs) Oh yeah, our parents. So. Our parents smacked us around a little bit because me and Alex grew up in the New York area, and uh, we got told no plenty. Yeah, maybe that's why <laughs> yeah. we think this way. <laughs> yeah, but uh, San Francisco is, you know, notorious for being one of the most progressive cities, yeah. and uh, that's right. what you've seen most of. So uh, it's bad, but it's not as bad as you think. <laughs> well, I think I think we live in a culture too where social media has such a big you know, effect on things and especially like also like large companies and corporate corporations are always trying to be on the right side of things. And so it's like, uh, people are fearful to express their opinions on, you know, on some of these things out of like fear for backlash and all that. And so they're trying to like, just go with the flow and not stir, yeah, I know, think, stir the pot. I think it's e- I think it's easier saying no comment rather than saying no. I think yeah. that's mm-hmm. what it, I think that's what that's the stance that everyone's taking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Is there we covered a, a, <laughs> a long a, a wide range of topics. Dude, I mean, it's not it's, <laughs> yeah, every, it's not, not every day we get someone no like this on the podcast. So, no. got to take advantage of our time. I agree. So, I think we're ready for all your the segment stuff. though. <laughs> Well, I was just trying. I was just trying to, you know, spice things up a little bit. You know, I mean, that's probably as controversial as we're gonna get. I mean, just talking about, you know, who's hot or, you know. Yeah, I feel like it's like it's like when we had Carl on. Like, the conversation is so, it's like so worthwhile that we don't yeah. have to really spice it. We don't yeah. have to make it stupid. I mean, yeah, we don't even care about who's hotter, right? Yeah, if we people can... want to do whatever they want to do. They can they can do it. No, but we... sometimes it's fun. We got to do a couple. I yeah. want to do an IPF like um, I want to do an IPF super heavyweight one. All right, go you, you go ahead because I already <laughs> forgot mine. All right, so mine is, and you, I know you know this guy, Victor Testov. Yeah. Versus Andre Milanachev in his prime. In the IPF. Who's hot? IPF Andre. 
Okay, okay. Versus IPF Victor. Uh who has more subs who had more substances in their body, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh that's a close one, I think, because uh Yeah, when Te- Tesov be... tried to come back, he was like really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like to be fair, uh Andre did blow up his numbers blew up once he left the IPF. Mm-hmm. So I think I think he no, you know, he wasn't injecting every substance known to man uh, when he was in the IPF. So I think it's a close call. Uh, I got. I think I got to go with Victor, though. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good call. I think the Ukrainians are on another level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember um, Evgeny Yarmbash? Who? Yarmbash, the Ukrainian. With the ta- no, crazy I, I tattoos, think... it was. I don't. I don't think I remember. No, oh, okay. He also was IPF. He uh, once in like the early two thousands. His name was Evgeny Yarmbash, and he uh, won Super Cup of Titans after he failed. But his whole body was tattooed. He just liked needles. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you got one. Um, I'd like to go. What your opinion is? On uh, first of all, Eddie Hall versus Half Thor Bjornsson, whose piss was the hottest at their all time peaks, and who is going to win the boxing match? <laughs> I think Eddie Hall's was uh hotter because like he immediately dropped weight, he, he was like he was really close to dying, I think he. he he told right yeah, yeah according according uh, to like what he was saying in his documentary for his you know 500 kilo deadlift and all of that he was like ready to die and basically he probably pulled out all the all the steps and all the yeah, stuff all the, the, all everything the steps, right but one thing i re- i want to say is that uh eddie hall's 500 kilos deadlift would be more impressive in my eyes just because he didn't do it at his house. Yeah. 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 That's true. yeah. We've talked about this as well. Um, that in competition, in in strongman competition, it's it's definitely uh more variables, more things to consider. And, you know, just doing it in your own home gym with some cameras is not the same. Yeah. Yeah, because uh I've hit 400 kilos in training, and if I had a few cameras, that would be a competition, right? Yeah. That 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 doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, and, we talked uh, about this at length. Yeah. So who's gonna win the boxing match, though? No, I really don't care. They're they're both <laughs> terrible boxers. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Oh answer. my god, it's it's gonna be a disaster. Like, it's gonna suck. Like. Way. Yeah, if, it, if if a knockout doesn't happen in the first first sixty seconds, it's gonna be embarrassing. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. They're gonna be like I I come from a kickboxing background. I, I don't think if you guys know, no, but, I didn't know that. Like at what's that type, body what's weight, kickboxing is it like um, Muay Thai or American kickboxing or Japanese style? What did you do? 
So before that, I came from a karate background. And I started American kickboxing from there. I wasn't really good, but yeah. So in my opinion, if you're, if you're like over 150 kilos, if you can't get a knockout in the first round, the fight's over, I think. Yeah. That happens a lot with the heavyweight fights. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to, it's going to suck, but, um, <laughs> it is. We got to give you the 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 creme de la creme, as we say, of who's hotter. Eric Lillybridge or Dave Hoff? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it seems to me that Dave Hoff is a little bit you know, he's been in the sport a lot longer, right? Mm-hmm. So he can't be, you know, just, just, you know, taking all, all of it because, you know, that, that wouldn't last for 10 years, right? Yeah. Maybe he's dialed so think, back a little over time. Yeah, maybe. So I think right now, right now would be Dave Hoff because Eric Lillibridge is on like vacation right yeah i think yeah but we, he, he when we ask him, it's really we're really asking like in, in their prime in their prime yeah yeah pr- probably eric lowbridge <laughs> the inventor edition well it's gotta be scott and ryan yeah. but you gotta tell the story well i'll i'll tell, I'll tell you after you, you're familiar with ryan ryan Keneally? of course and scott mendelson of course. Yeah. Definitely. So which um which one do you think in their prime is on the most? Oh, that's that's a that's a that's a good question. They're both really, really hot, right? They're like I think they're equally insanely hot. I I'm not sure, but well I don't know, but you know, like I said, the long longevity side, I got to give that to Scott because he's been competing for like thirty years, right? Yeah, he's yeah. been competing. I don't know if he's been actually getting benches though. Yeah, the last last two competitions we saw, I don't I, think he's gotten any benches. I always go back to the fact that Keneally went to jail. He had he was actually selling steroids. I think he was just way too yeah. far down the rabbit hole. I don't know. So so I I don't know if that like what raised the flag was the selling or the overuse of his steroids. So I don't know. It, yeah. It's tough. I'll tell yeah. you, I um I sent a DM to Ryan Keneally and I asked him. Just out of nowhere, right? You just decided to message him. Yeah, I just decided to yeah. message him because I like realized I wasn't following him. I saw him like pop up on like like Jimmy Cobb's story or something. I was like, oh shit, I'm not following Ryan Keneally. So I followed him and I just shot him a message. I said, hey, you know, no disrespect, but um, I was just curious, like, what your opinion was, like, in your in your like prime, who do you think was on more shit? You know, you or Scott Mendelson? <laughs> And he answered. <laughs> he answered me. 
And he said Mendy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Shit. I I lost you there on the oh. most most oh, no, interesting part. I, yeah. That's okay. So yeah. I messaged him and yeah. I said, you know, in, in your prime, like who was taking more shit? You or Mendy? You know, no disrespect, yeah. just like, out of curiosity. And he said No disrespect. Yeah, Mendy for sure. <laughs> he replied. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic, dude. And then yeah. didn't you follow That's up with funny. another question? I I I might have asked uh I might have asked something else, but I don't know if you replied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's done with you. I think he was done. He yeah. got a good laugh. Yeah, that's it. But I thought it was pretty epic that he said Mandy. It is. It is, actually. Yeah. But, like, you know, like, take all the shit in the world and you can't bench 700 pounds raw, that's for sure. So they're, they're like, they're super impress- impressive, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah they're freaks. They're freaks. Mandy, yeah. Mandy was, like, really really good for a short period of time he was like on the cover of magazines and he was like in really good shape right. remember he had like abs and he was like 350 so i mean yeah. you can't really hate on him he's just hanging on too long he can't even brush his teeth yeah he's messed up it's sad to say but you gotta you gotta hang it up sometime you gotta hang it up he's chasing the he's chasing the dragon i mean he's still doing meets and taking weight out and holding it He's holding yeah, it. He's holding it. <laughs> That's about all he's doing. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. You want to wrap this thing up or what? Do you yeah. Think? Well, when, um, so Ryuki, before we go, um, mm-hmm. are you, is your Patreon? Sure. Is it something you've already started? Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to start it from August. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a monthly subscription uh yeah so i think i i said japanese lifters main but uh i think i could share my japanese information to the world yeah i think as so well too. so yeah I you never so know too. who will be interested maybe there's some you know lifters in other parts of the world that might be interested to learn right from you, so. so so if you interview me I, are you gonna um like translate it yeah, so what I was trying to do is, uh, so once a month or once every two months, I'm going to interview uh, a top lifter from around the world. And uh, I'm going to do that interview in in English and then uh, add Japanese subtitles afterwards. Nice. All right. This is my last question. Did you ask Blaine yep. before you asked me? <laughs> Yes, sorry. <laughs> Damn it. I knew it. Are you gonna I'm have sorry. are you gonna have Blaine too? Yeah. Is Blaine doing it? Blaine's doing yeah, it? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna uh yeah. Blaine's Blaine has yeah, Blaine has Blaine's, agreed to do it. Blaine's fee is higher than mine. Blaine's what? His fee. What do you mean his fee? Uh his uh the cost to have him appear on your podcast. He, he uh, said he'd do it for free. Like mm, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I said I'd yeah, do it maybe. as long as he as Ryuki came on ours. So we're giving. We'll, we're we're happy to uh, come on. So our fee is more. 
Our fee is more than Blaine's. <laughs> uh, yes. I, I appreciate all you guys. Man. No, man. It's yeah. actually, we've, we've talked about it before. And like, I just, it was just when you messaged me, I was like, all right, this is the time we can, we can get you all on. Right. So honestly, I think that was awesome. Our listeners are going to love this. Um, appreciate you being so willing to share uh, stuff about your training and, and thoughts on powerlifting. I think, I think it was great. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. it. So the uh yeah, on on the Patreon, I'm I think I'm gonna uh film all my all my bench training and uh post it so everyone can, you know, uh learn from it. Yeah, so we'll uh so, we'll, yeah, that's we'll just say at the end of this podcast to follow Ryuki on Instagram. It's just at yeah. Ryuki Fujimoto, right? yeah okay we'll uh we'll post it yeah awesome man yeah good luck with that and uh thank you again it was was really good yeah i'll message you you, uh later and um you know one day soon we want to come back to japan um we have a friend who's moving there to play on the tokyo basketball team professionally and for for the next two years and then also i think uh ian bell who i'm sure you know who ian bell is right yeah, I think he's going to be working somewhere in Japan on like a, a contract with the um, arm, the U.S. Armed Forces. Yeah. Okay. So we plan to come. We plan to be in Japan sometime in the next year or two. Um, hoping so. Uh, hoping everything is is kind of back to normal and and we could see you guys in person. Yeah, I'm really really looking forward to seeing awesome. you guys again. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, man. Thank you. We'll see you. Stop drinking so much. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.